Good morning. Our Bible reading this morning is from Mark chapter 4. Please follow along. The Bible's in the pews. It's on page 815. Or if you have one of the smaller Bibles, it's page 699. Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 21. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Well, let's pray. The gracious, loving Heavenly Father, by your Spirit, would you please open our eyes that we might indeed behold wonderful things in your word. Please would you open our ears to hear your call on our lives. Please open our minds to take in the truths of the kingdom of God and open our hearts as you speak to them that each of us may indeed offer you our lives in willing service. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, school's back. Back in the classroom. Our teacher, the Lord Jesus, is giving his lessons about God's kingdom. Uh, his is a floating classroom, a boat on a lake <laughs> on the Sea of Galilee. In front of him is standing there what seems to be a sea of faces. Hands are over foreheads, squinting, trying to take Jesus in uh, with the sun there. Some are there hanging on every word from Jesus. Maybe that's you today. You're here because you want to hear 
the preaching and teaching of kingdom truth. Uh, Your desire is that you want to be a a person that is seeking God's kingdom first. That's the sort of the outlook or the the, the focus of your life. Uh, Some uh, listen uh, a bit here, a bit there. Uh, Words that seemed muffled as there are gusts of wind that sort of carry off the words into the space there. Did he say something about sowing seed? Oh, that can't be too important. How's your sandcastle going over there, Mary? That's a lovely shell you've found, Josiah. He seems to be speaking a long time. Some could be like that this morning. Distracted, concerned by other things. Like a student in a classroom, you know, who's somehow missed the instruction about what to do next. Or maybe on the shore, some are there with an ulterior motive, wanting to sort of pin Jesus down on something he says. As, as readers of the gospel, uh, we know that there are some who want to get rid of Jesus. They're, they're sort of happy with their religion. It was better the way things were before Jesus showed up. Still some are there who are just simply tuned out. Because, you see, the only kingdom of God that really matters is the one that's going to dismantle the Romans. And until such time, why listen? I'm sure that can happen Sunday mornings, not listening. Because listening won't solve the problem I'm facing or the situation I'm dealing with. So it's a mixed bag. And Jesus' parables essentially reveal that there are two types of hearers. Those interested, those were not. Those who are sort of getting a glimpse into who Jesus is, and those remaining outside. These parables of relatable truth, stories drawn from everyday life. There was once a man who had two sons. There was a manager who went on a long journey. There was a merchant searching for fine pearls. Stories of everyday life, from farming, fishing, family life, work life. But their significance for the kingdom of God is hidden unless the significance is revealed by God. Only God gives people the understanding, the belief, the will, the desire to believe the gospel. And Jesus' parables illustrate this, the impossibility of entering the kingdom by human strength, human cleverness, human ability, 
that somehow you've worked it out. As people stood on the shore that day, they could relate to Jesus' parables, but whether they perceived or understood their significance was 100% up to God. No one enters the kingdom unless God the Father draws them. And we saw that last week when Jesus was explaining the parables, when he was with those who were following him, those whom the Father had given to Jesus, those getting a sort of a glimpse of the kingdom, wanting more. And we find this again this morning in what we had read in verses 33 and 34. Jesus teaching the people was always using parables of the kingdom giving words of the kingdom, scattering the word indiscriminately to the crowds. But when he was alone with his disciples, those insiders, the twelve other followers, we see he explained everything. The secret, the mystery of the kingdom was revealed to them. That in the person of Jesus, God's kingdom has come. You're here this morning because you're a citizen of of that kingdom. It's um, it's what the front of our news sheet says. Uh, The local church is a visible expression of God's kingdom that has come. We come together, we're varying ages and stages of life and background, but all one in Christ Jesus to build our discipleship, our allegiance to Jesus, the King, and to seek his kingdom first by being here. His word open, his spirit with us, each part of his body doing the work committed to Jesus, the King. So this morning we have the four parables from Jesus that uh, tell us that this is the kingdom. It's lamp, it's measure, it's mystery and it's greatness. And I wonder whether you may indeed have your Bibles open this morning as we looked together here at Jesus's words. Uh, first, it's the lamp. One, if you would like to find that in verse uh, chapter 4 of verse 21. Uh, it says there, uh, do you bring in a lamp uh, to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? Uh, Jesus is here speaking about himself, the lamp, uh, the lamp that has come. Uh, Its purpose is not to be hidden away. God sent Jesus not to be hidden away. What the Lord Jesus is doing in his mission and purpose is not to be hidden. Law appears weak. What is it really revealing? about God? 
I mean, Jesus is going to be rejected and killed. What kingdom's that? But God's purpose is for Jesus to be seen by all. Honoured by all, recognised by all, one day glorious and mighty. That lamp is present whenever the gospel is shared, preached or proclaimed. If Jesus and the things of the kingdom seem hidden to you, come to the lamp God has sent into the world. That calls people to repent and believe the gospel. We live in a world that prefers darkness to light. A world of people who dwell in secret. So that the evil deeds will not be revealed. There was a department store that was once plunged into darkness because of a power outage. And for at least a minute, there was darkness. Then suddenly the lights came on, catching several people in the act of stealing. The day comes when the kingdom of God will be like that, sudden. Unannounced, revealing everything. John in his gospel writes, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. It is impossible to quench this light. Nothing in secret now will stay secret. Everything hidden, everything concealed will be revealed as Jesus, the lamp, reveals the true picture of people's hearts and lives. Jesus, the lamp, exposing sin. Jesus, the lamp, revealing God's amazing grace and undeserved mercy and everlasting love. That's what Christians know and trust in. This is the kingdom, it's lamp. Second, it's measure. It's measure. Have a look again with me at verse 24. Jesus again is speaking. He says, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Would you say you are a good listener to the words of Jesus? How do you offer your ears to him to hear fully what he says? That's the idea being referred to here as a measure. A woolly shopping bag. We all know that, don't we? One of those green ones. A woolly shopping bag is a measure. There's only so many groceries that you can put in one of those. That's a measure you use. A small bag holds less. A small trolley holds less than a big one. Present a small bag, a small trolley, and you will have a smaller amount. 
present a big bag, a big trolley, and you will have a bigger amount. Now apply this principle to Jesus' words. There is a supermarket of Jesus' words. Words of Jesus, words about his kingdom, shelf upon shelf of Jesus' words, kingdom words. What measure are you using to take them in? This shapes a person's response to Jesus. According to the measure of a person's response to Jesus' words, God gives generously. It will be measured to them, and more, Jesus says, a full measure, an overflowing measure. Be the kind of person who gives themselves in a full measure to Jesus' words. Be big-eared <laughs> for Jesus' words. People big-eared for Jesus' word. Is that you? Giving yourself in full measure to Jesus. And the promise is, more will be given to you by God. More of Jesus. More of his kingdom. But there's a warning, isn't there? You saw it, didn't you, in the reading? For anyone hearing, for anyone hearing Jesus' words, and it just makes no difference. No impact. That's the warning here, that one day, whatever they thought they had will be lost altogether. Jesus' words from the boat come to us this morning, please consider carefully what you hear. Give a full measure response to Jesus' words. So this is the kingdom. Its lamp, its measure, and thirdly, its mystery. Verse 26, again, have a look at it with me there in your Bibles. It says, this is what the kingdom of God is like, a man scattered seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Focus here is on the seed. How does it come to life? How does it grow and reach the maturity? It just happens. Goes through the stages of growth. There's a pattern night and day there. Don't be deceived by the sameness of daily life. God isn't asleep. God isn't negligent. God isn't unconcerned about the outcome of what he has been sown. The, the sort of the sleepiness and ordinary things of daily life are going to be dramatically changed. A harvest is coming. A glorious end time harvest. Jesus came with his first advent. The sower, the word going out about his kingdom. 
Jesus will come, his second advent, the reaper to gather the crop coming from the word that has been sown. And in between these two events, these two moments, life goes on as normal, as usual it seems. Day and night, day and night, day and night. Only after a certain lapse of time will there be a harvest that's going to be gathered as time passes. Our things are happening. There is a process. It's mysterious. It grows. But how? This is the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. It might seem weak. Kingdom progress just seems to be sort of slow, looking very ordinary. But the rule of God is taking root in people's lives. The sower is watching his crop. He knows the stages of growth. And he knows when to put the sickle to it. What this parable tells us, friends, is whenever you are involving yourself in such a work of sowing or planting God's word, it might seem to you that very little is happening. But there is eternal significance. Perhaps you may even share with someone this morning over morning tea what it is you've been reading in your Bible this, morning, this week. Something today that you share with someone and that is going to add to the final harvest God is preparing. Who knows? That's the mystery of it. As we try to share God's word with others, it can seem that the wheels are spinning and there's little progress. And this parable has much to say to us. The seed lands, it's planted, it goes through the stages of growth and God finally will gather it in. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 7 says, Neither he or she who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the growth. May God use you to sow and plant his word, knowing it is God who causes his kingdom to start and grow in people's hearts. And so this is the kingdom. Its lamp, its measure, its mystery, and its greatness. Again, look at verse 30. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Here's the contrast here in the parable, the reign of God, in mission and message. Through Jesus just looks weak and ordinary and insignificant to the naked eye, but it isn't. The day is coming when it will seem to be the greatest thing on earth. The mustard seed, that word of Christ seems so small and tiny. Jesus seems so powerless compared to the powerful earthly rulers of the day. The 12 look so ordinary, which is often how we are, the church, appear to be, with not much significance in the eyes of the world. But look at the tree that comes. 
But what will be achieved? A great end time, people of God, people of every nation and race will be there. God can use the smallest words that we speak, the smallest service that we give and bring in a kingdom from it. Pointing not to the greatness of the mustard seed, but the greatness of God's at work every day to bring about the plan of the ages. This is the kingdom. It's lamp. It's measure. It's mystery. It's greatness. Victory is assured. Jesus is saying it's inevitable. This is God's cause. What you now see and accept or reject concerning Jesus bears little resemblance on what you will one day see. That's what Jesus' parables are telling us. They point to the great harvest where there's great growth, a great and glorious kingdom full of people who belong to him, who have been saved by the death of Jesus on the cross for them who rose again from death and forgives our sins and brings all his people into his kingdom forever to share in his glory. If that matters to you, if that matters to you, then what would it take for you to share some word about Jesus and his great kingdom with someone? If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our faithful, powerful, mighty God. Lord, we confess today we feel very weak in the great task of sowing the seed of your word. Lord, convince us all, convict us all, of the need and the necessity of sharing this word, this seed, knowing that victory is assured and every one in your harvest who belongs to Jesus will be there in that, on that great day. Lord, in this period where we are serving you and living our lives, we pray that we might know your presence with us filling us new day by day to be your disciples and hearing the call of Jesus our King as we have entered the kingdom of God to belong to Jesus and to believe on him and to fill our hearts and our lives with more of Jesus in your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for giving us the boldness that we need and may it be, Lord, that you would work in all of us to think how we might indeed share something of the words of Jesus with someone around us. Please help us in this, we pray. And we pray it for your, your great glory's sake. Amen. I'm going to ask Steve to continue to, continue to lead us in some prayers. Thank you, Steve.